0: In this special episode, AMD's Jim Anderson talks all things second gen Ryzen and AMD. Welcome to a special episode of the Full Nerd. Uh, not recorded on the date, I'm not going to mention that. Ah, dang it! I've already screwed that up. Look at this yeah. gorgeous. We're just, roll just gonna with go it. anywhere. Go with it. Welcome just to going. a special episode of the Full Nerd. I'm your host Gordon Mong, with Brad Charkis. Hello, and special guest Jim Anderson of AMD. Hey, Gordon, good to see you. Good to see you, and of course, Adam Patrick Murray running the uh, running the boards here today. Hey, I'm here. Uh, for anybody who knows, we are not recording this live. We are going to broadcast this live on the day the, on the, s- day the of launch. The, right? the debut of this product right here, which they brought uh, nicely. What uh, is that? It's, it's I th- think this is
1: the 2700X.
2: Yeah, it's a
0: 2700X. Ryzen, 7. Ryzen uh, 7, 2700X. And I just keep messing this up. People keep pointing this out. <laughs> it's the second gen Ryzen. Perfect. Beautiful. Not Ryzen 2, which everybody no, no, just wants not, to keep. Exactly. Second generation Ryzen. 2G Ryzen I think is the way that kind of works. That's good. For me. That'll work. Although That'll no, work. I'm going to be thrown when Ryzen 2 actually comes out. What are you going <laughs> to <laughs> Is that second gen Ryzen 2 when that comes out? No. Uh we'll see. We'll see. Uh so uh the big day of course yeah. is is Ryzen uh, I did it again. Second gen Ryzen, 2G Ryzen. Yep. What? Is this a is this a big step forward? forward from what we saw last year
1: for you yeah, guys? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this is, like I said, second-generation Ryzen desktop processor. So, look, it was a little bit over a year ago that we launched our first generation. Um, this uh, We saw really good momentum, really good market adoption from that first generation. Uh, in fact, by the end of last year, we were at some of the key strategic retailers. We were gaining, like, you know, getting, like, 40%, 50% market share at some of those key strategic retailers in North America. And it America. wasn't that way with... The- no, 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 no. But prior, no, prior to Rise of Generation, it was not that way, okay. right? So, yeah, we gained some great market share in the back half last year, and then this is this is the next step, right? This is Generation Two, and this beyond the product itself, I think what this really demonstrates is like it's AMD's commitment to a multi generational roadmap of new innovation and and competition, really, right? I think we're bringing sure, competition sure. back to the market.
0: So. Uh, so, one thing I I wanted to know. About about is uh, with the uh, second gen Ryzen is if you guys are hitting kind of what you were because I I've just started my testing on yeah. the part itself. Of course, you'll read the full review on PC World today, hopefully. Um, but watch this video. But are we getting the performance that you guys were hoping at CES? You're saying you'd get? I mean, I think it's like maybe ten percent.
1: Yeah, we're absolutely in the ballpark of what we were expecting. Uh in fact, and beyond just performance, we're also bringing more features. Uh this 2700X includes a new new Wraith cooler, right? Very, Wraith, pretty. Wraith very Prism. pretty. It's a very pretty it's a very pretty cooler. <laughs> no, um, and then it. we've got yeah, we should open up the box. And then we've got some uh, improvements at the platform level as well. But yeah, you can expect if you look at You know, generation over generation, 1800X uh, was top of the line, Ryzen 7 in first generation. If you look at 1800X to 2700X, you'll see on just pure single-thread CPU performance, you'll see about a 10% uplift. And, you know, fully, you know, you do like a Cinebench NT full multi-threaded test, you'll see about 10%. Um, actually, in some, of, in some of the lightly threaded workloads where you're taxing, you know, maybe five or six cores, parts of the cores, you actually see a bigger uplift because we improved, we improved the uh, precision boost algorithm. So you'll see maybe 15% or more uplift in those kind of applications. So, yeah, it's a good performance uplift. It's on our 12 nanometer process technology. Like I said, it's got a nice new Wraith cooler. We have some people on our team that are really passionate about coolers and RGB lighting. So we've got that in the box. Right. Sure. So it's a good upgrade. Yeah. And I know that,
0: you know, the, the easy takeaway is, hey, you're getting higher clocks. Uh, yeah. We talked about the specs in the last podcast, basically, you know, very decent, you know, four to five hundred uh, increase in clocks over certain model numbers. Yep. But it's not just about the clock increase with this part, though, right? There are some
1: internal pathways that have been optimized. You're actually getting less latency, right? Yeah, that's right. So um, first on the clocks, uh, so base on the 2700X here, base of 3.7 and a max boost to 4.3, right? Um, but beyond the clocks, we actually did a bunch of improvements on latency. So latency to the, each one of the cache levels has improved as well as memory latency. So that, that gives a nice performance boost as well. So, yeah, a number of different uh, tweaks and improvements. Improvements that we made to this generation. And still, of course, uh, AM4 socket, no, yeah. no real change. So that's that's one thing that's really nice, right? This is drop-in compatible to the existing AM4 infrastructure, right? So the 370 chipset, which has been out, you know, for over a year now, uh, you can drop this into the platform. You need a BIOS update, but with the BIOS update, um, drops into existing infrastructure, which I think is a really nice, really nice thing, really nice way to leverage the you know investment that a customer's already made in their in their platform.
0: Okay, and of course, you know, we, for audio listeners, we just unboxed our 2700X, but I'm pulling out the Wraith uh, Spire uh, Prism, I believe is the correct name of it, and we're just going to Yeah, this it is the Prism.
1: Just- so the 2700X comes with uh, the Prism, which is newly designed. <laughs> I, love that what made lo- you guys- I love that we're lo- looking at the cooler before the processor. <laughs> 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 it's like, yes. Oh, know, Brad forget has- about the processor. Let's look at the cooler. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Brad.
3: What made you guys decide to ship this generation with coolers when you decided not to last year?
1: Ah, yeah, that's okay, that's a good question. So on the, you know, for instance, on the 1800X last year, we did not include a cooler. And the reason we did that is because we felt like anybody that was buying the X model, the 1800X, would probably go use their own cooler, right? They probably want to buy, you know, maybe do a water cooler or whatever. But actually, we got a lot of feedback on our coolers that they're, People just really love our AMD coolers, so we got a bunch of customer feedback that hey, we want a cooler included even in the X models. So on the 2700 X. We decided to include a, a cooler with that one. In fact, all of the new generation two models include a cooler.
0: Okay, so I mean, was it your people are saying, "Hey, I I just want the cooler"? Because there was a there was a lot of people searching for the original with yeah. coolers.
1: Yeah, in fact, there were people buying them, you know, as standalone coolers and adding them to the system. And so, right. look, it was basically customer feedback. Customers said, "Hey, we want a cooler, even if we're buying the X version." And so, we we listened to the customer.
0: Oh, okay. And the value of this, of course. You know, you can't tell me how much this thing costs, um, but it it seems like the the price of the part has gone down because the 2700 like I see the 2700x as a matchup for the 1700x. I mean the number, the seven, right? Um, But the the 1700x came out at 399. This is coming out at 329. Yeah, Um, and you get the cooler. The 1700x no cooler.
1: Yeah, right, so it's so. more it's more aggressive price point. Uh, plus, it includes a cooler. I think it's I, I think it's an incredible value, an incredible performance level, and you know set of features that you're getting at that price point.
0: Okay, and for people who don't know, it's a full RGB. It's a full RGB cooler too. Yeah. The fan yeah. lights up. There's a ring that lights
1: up around. Yeah, it. it is pretty cool. Actually, I have I already have it in my system, my Ryzen seven system at home. Um, you but don't the, run Intel at home, no. Oh yeah, I'm no. Just <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but I've got yeah. So the the ring lights up, the AMD lights up, the fan blades light up. It's actually it's pretty difty. Pretty good cooler. Huh. And it's good good performance too, beyond just all the RGB lighting. And
0: it's a really, it's a really beefy cooler. Uh, do you think yeah. this cause I mean Intel forever has included, you know, very adequate, well engineered coolers. They always look like, you know, really kind of wimpy. <laughs> I mean and do you think this could actually force Intel to say hey, maybe K parts? Because you know the weirdest thing same similar with K parts you bought a three hundred and sixty dollars CPU. You, you got nothing else. There's yeah. no cooler. Do you think this might force Intel's hand? Like, hey, we need to bundle of, a higher end cooler too.
1: I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what they do. Um, but you know, we didn't do it for competitive reasons. Sure. Again, it was just voice of the customer. Right. Okay. We we you know we always take our customer feedback very seriously. And they said they wanted the cooler, so we added it.
0: I, it's just a surprise because knowing how most companies do it. Um, it would be an upsell. They'd be like, hey, we're going to, you love the Wraith Spire, you know, Max or Wraith Spire Prism. We're going to sell to you now for 30 bucks, you know, kind of, that would be the the normal reaction for most companies. So,
1: Yeah, but I, look, I think we, I know this might sound, uh, you know, corny or whatever, but honestly, we really do take the customer feedback very seriously. AMD is a very customer focused company. And uh, one of the things that we do in our product planning meetings is anytime we, we have a you know, a question of what should we do on a product, we always ask ourselves, hey, you know, what would, what is best for the end consumer? What's best for our customer? And that's, that always leads us to the right answer, right? So anyway. Uh, like I said, it was really meant to make that customer experience as as good as it possibly can.
2: Well, and I got to say, we we did an unboxing uh, video of the the review kit, uh, and uh, there was a ton of comments of people that were excited about about the coolers. Like like people were very very hot on the coolers. No, I have people on my team
1: that you know spent the a year designing this thing and down to every little bit, you know, every spec, et cetera. So anyway, yeah. Yeah, it's, there's, yep, it's good,
0: and it is a redesign. for people to know it, 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 it is uh, a yeah. heat, heat, uh, heat pipe contact system. It's not like the older. Yeah, it is a nice, Max.
1: it is a nice design. What we did is we changed the, you know, the size of it a little bit to make it fit in the the smaller system, smaller form factor system. So it was, so it doesn't bump up against the oh, dims. Okay. So the 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 footprint itself is a little bit different, right? And uh, yeah, and we added the RGB lighting and. It's nice, nice cooler. You know, you're right. We're talking an awful lot about Are we going to talk about that you know, processor I, at crazy, some point? Right? Or you guys I just have a, a
3: question about the processor.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah no, it's just details. funny. You should have just sold yeah. the fan in the box. And like, there there's like, no CPU. It comes with,
2: free, no, it comes with a free CPU. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> free CPU <laughs> in every box. Cooler
1: with a free CPU. Brad, yeah you a question? Go ahead, Brad.
3: Gordon made the comment earlier that he considers this a successor to the 1700X, and your face looked like, eh, does Aye. AMD consider this a successor to the 1800X or the 1700X? Yes,
1: both, right? We, we think the 2700X is a successor to both the 1800X and, and 1700X, and actually, when I was quoting those performance numbers, that's generation to generation that's relative to the 1800X, right? So we do think of the 2700X as a re- replacement for 1800X interesting and that of course And then if you take into account price then back to price we introduced the 1800x at uh 499 i think it was four ninety nine, right under 500 bucks right and we're introducing the successor at 329 right so really because i I, you i didn't mention this earlier i should have
0: mentioned it Uh, amd is a public company we are right now in a quiet period there are
1: two SEC lawyers right here watching That is us. absolutely true. They're, they're, staring, us they're staring us down right now. They are now. going to shut us down. So we can pretty much only talk about coolers.
0: <laughs> but, uh, I really kind of like, I like. I sort of think I'm very wed to model numbers. Yeah. I, You're not going to say we're going to read the expression on your face. Come on. There's going to be a 2800X coming. It's going to be special edition, super high clock. I see no expression from Jim here. No nothing. expression. And they're like, no, he knows. They're like,
2: <laughs> Securities Exchange Commission. Otherwise, it would have pulled folks. me right out of you the mess seat with and ended you do the not mess right with
0: here. You don't mess with the Fed. They will. They will get on you. They got the money.
1: But so. we are pretty proud of this product and anxious to get yeah. it to market. Like I said, I I think that beyond the product itself, which it's a great product, but beyond put that aside, it again, it's a proof point of AMD's commitment to multi generational roadmap. Right behind this product, this is second gen. Behind this product is coming Zen two based core. Right. Uh, so our next product is based on the Zen two micro, new microarchitectural core on seven nanometer. Right, so we're working on that. We're working on Zen three, which will follow that. So there is a long roadmap behind this. Uh, that's very aggressive, um, driving real innovation and ultimately real competition back into the industry.
0: Okay, and I mean we're still you're, you. I don't. I think you can say this because publicly yeah. at CES you said it. We're gonna we are gonna see a a Ryzen two later this year, right? I think is that the roadmap or is that next year?
1: What we what we said is that um, our Zen two based uh, processors, right, which ah, is again on right. seven yeah. nanometer. What we said is that we expect to sample that to select customers uh, before the end of the year. Okay, so that means new stuff. See the lawyers
0: didn't. You gotta get watch one that. <laughs> Lawyers, you don't. We're still up.
1: here. We're but, still here. No, there's a there's a very aggressive roadmap behind this generation as well. Right? Okay.
0: So, uh, and uh, let me make sure I'm in a break because there's a, Brad. You got any questions, or I'm going to interject about a CPU thing?
3: No. Okay. Uh, I have questions about precision boost Two and XFR, but maybe you can come after whatever you're saying. Oh, okay cuz uh,
0: My question, you know, we did a demo I was in New York a couple of weeks yeah. ago and They had a bunch of the tech press there and they had a maybe a dozen or so different systems Some with uh, CLC some with air coolers and they they let everybody do a little mini overclocking. Tests. Oh, yeah Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just paired up with somebody who was really smart um, Steve over at uh, uh, God tweak town so because he knows how to overclock and we got our part up to like four three ish on air on air on air, yeah. and yeah. I got to say, of the dozen systems we had there, almost everybody was up. You know, of course, this is just that sort was of loose four,
2: testing.
1: Four three all cores,
2: four air.
0: three all cores on on. That pretty much everybody hit. You know, four two four three. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know, I mean, we're not. They weren't hundred in dialed in overclocks, but yeah. you know, it, it seemed like yeah. we we've, we've gotten past. There was definitely. Uh, a better overclocking headroom on this part, right?
1: Yeah, I think there is. Right, I think you'll see a better a better overclocking experience on this part. We built in again. That's on 12 nanometer. That's a faster transistor, right? That helps us boost the the frequency to begin with, the base and the max boost, right? And it'll help on the overclocking as well, right? So this part should overclock a bit better. Okay. Yep. Brad, you want to go with your. My question kind of ties into that. Um, I'm looking at Precision Boost 2 and
3: XFR 2, which yeah. both of those apply to all the cores now, which is a big step forward compared yeah, to yeah, this gen. Yeah. I was wondering if XFR 2 can go beyond the 100 megahertz barrier that it had in Ryzen 1, or is it still 100 megahertz boost, but across all cores?
1: Yeah, XFR. Actually, let me talk about Precision Boost 2 and come back to XFR because um, okay. they're they're kind of related. Um, mm-hmm. The one of the big improvements in this in this generation is the Precision Boost algorithm, uh, the second generation. So, in the first generation, it, the first couple cores would stay at the the max frequency, and then if you if you you know loaded it up with more threads in the first couple cores, it would drop down to the lower base frequency, right? And so there was this kind of step function. It was pretty, you know. Coarse grain, coarse grain boost algorithm. So the new algorithm is much, much more uh, fine grained. And so in those kind of intermediate threaded cases, if you're using, you know, say three or four or five cores, you're going to get a much higher frequency. So actually, in applications that are. Um, you know, real-world applications that oftentimes run in kind of this medium-threaded mode, mm-hmm. right? You'll actually see a pretty significant performance boost from uh, prior generation to this generation. So that's precision boost two. That's a big improvement. And then XFR two um, is a little works a little bit different in the generation two. It'll really um, be higher boost residency. So what you'll see is you'll see a, a higher residency to the max boost frequency in generation two.
0: And so. there's also sort of a best core kind of uh, denotion now? With yeah,
1: them? so um, in uh, our Ryzen Master software, actually, if you're using that, you can find which core is the fastest core or which, I believe, which CCX is the fastest CCX. So you can actually zero in on the fastest core and overclock that particular core. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, we made a bunch of improvements to Ryzen Master as well. Okay. And yeah. the configuration, I just want to mention, it's the same as previous,
0: were two dual CCXs for both of those, for for... Ryzen seven, Ryzen five, they're dual CCX. Yeah, designs.
3: we
1: didn't change we didn't change the configuration of the CCXs generation to generation. Yeah. Uh, what else?
3: I have a question then. While we're talking about stuff, yep. um, I was going through the reviewers guide and I noticed that X four seventy motherboards have the StoreMI technology now, ah, yeah. which basically lets you use a, a solid state drive as a cache for a hard drive. Now I was noticing in the reviewers guide that it mixed. It seems to have mixed an SSD, a hard drive, and RAM into a single pool. Is that possible?
1: yeah that's possible let me let me explain a little bit about what store m i is right uh so what it does is it's um it's included with the four seventy platform and if you have let's say you've got an s s d drive and a rotating media drive right and let's say your game is stored on the you know because it's a large file it's stored on the hard drive right? right um you run this software what it'll do is it'll basically merge those two s s d and the hard drive together fuse them together it'll treat it like it's one o s drive partition, and then what it'll do is it'll optimize the placement of the blocks um, to the fastest media. So if the block is often used, it's referenced very frequently, it'll move it to the SSD. If it's very seldom used, it'll keep it on the hard disk drive, and it'll adapt and learn over time uh, as you use the application, and it'll try to optimize the placement. So you're kind of getting the the benefits of the capacity of a hard drive with the speed of an SSD, right? So, um, and yeah, DRAM can be part of that uh, as well. Wow! And, and actually, it's yeah. <laughs> it, pretty neat. It's, does
0: it actually have the RAM drive software, or is it actually just simply grab chunks of your your DRAM and use it?
1: Yeah, I think it uh, it just it, it it uses part of your DRAM so, as well, right? Okay. So yeah,
0: and that's included on X four seventy for free.
1: Yeah, we include that for force on the four seventy platform for free. Will it be validated for older platforms
0: X three seventy and the like and back?
1: No, it's a four seventy platform uh, going forward feature.
0: Yep, and that's mostly validation issues. I'm guessing, or is it?
1: Yeah, and look, we're also we want uh, we want to add additional value to the 470 platform. We right? we want uh, we want to make sure that each platform has you know significant value for for the upgrade case, right?
0: Okay, um, you know, in the classic dilemma, people go. Uh, most of AMD users ask, I have an X three seventy. Should I upgrade to an X470 board? What's your opinion from AMD land?
1: Well, so I'm going to do my upgrade this weekend, right? So I've got my 470. I'm going to rebuild my system, my Ryzen seven system. Uh, So I'm going to upgrade to a 470 board. So what you'll see is on a 470 board. uh, First, you'll see a little bit lower power. Um, The idle power on the 470 chipset is lower than 370. And we did that for some energy star uh, guidelines that we need to hit. Um, That'll be new in California coming up. So, It'll have uh, lower idle, idle power. And then um, the other thing that we did on the 470 platform is we worked really closely with our motherboard vendors to try to just make some really nice improvements on a generational basis to the entire platform design. So, you know, things like the power infrastructure, the power delivery are improved on 470 platforms. Uh, memory speeds are improved on 470 platforms. So beyond the chipset itself, we just worked with our partners to, you know, improve the overall experience of the board. So I'm going to do my rebuild this weekend. And so. you have an X370 on your yeah, Ryzen Yeah, so I've 70. got a 370 now on my Ryzen 7 system, so I'm going to upgrade to the 470 platform and upgrade the, I'll do the 2700X with the new cooler, right? So the message from from Jim Anderson and <laughs> is: ADS, Oh, you should definitely definitely upgrade. buy all new stuff all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, also there's a lot of there's a lot of folks out there that haven't switched over to Ryzen yet, right? right? And so if this is your first Ryzen yes. system build, this is a great first Ryzen system build, right? 470 platforms will be available on sale on April 19th as well, right? So okay, okay. Uh,
3: that MI sounds really cool if you're a gamer, because games are getting huge these days, and like if you look at Intane's Optane memory modules, they're like small, whereas with StoreMI, you can use a full 120-gigabyte SSD to augment and hard drive, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, and so you'll see uh, faster game startup times, uh, faster loading between scenes, etc. It is, it is actually a really, really nice performance enhancement.
0: Yeah, and and of course, uh, you know, uh, Optane memory sort of does that. We're well. I don't want to talk too much about Intel, even even though for people who don't know, uh, Jim did actually work at Intel for a while. <laughs> I did. Uh, it, it does seem like store MI is great, you know, because we're we are moving to the point where people need yeah. much larger storage. Um, do, do you think that? I'm sorry, I've lost my train of thought here. That's the problem when you're not doing it totally live. Um, <laughs> do you think that um, it, Intel does have an advantage with Optane down the road? I mean, right now, of course, they. what I, I sort of think they're going to do with Optane is move it into a dim, you know, DDR4 slot yeah. or DDR5. Who knows when it's going to happen? How much of an advantage is storage going to play on the CPU? down the road of course it can't talk about unannounced product but if yeah it's... look
1: what i would say is we i feel really good about the roadmap we have in front of us right so beyond Ryzen gen 2 like, like i said we've got our roadmap mapped out to gosh it's like 2022 and beyond and i feel very good about that roadmap not just from a cpu performance perspective but from a, all the features on the platform we've got that mapped out and we'll have we'll have very competitive features over the next few years
0: okay yeah. Actually, one thing I do want to ask about that is not necessarily uh, tied yeah. to today's launch and okay. is mobile is laptops. Um, yeah. This, you know. Uh, it's actually been pretty hard you to find wrong, Ryzen. You
1: have the wrong processor in that yeah, laptop. Well, for <laughs>
0: yeah, this is a, a oh, Spectrex. You mean that
2: MacBook? This MacBook. Yeah. This, Everyone it, thinks because of the sticker on yeah, it, it's, it's a MacBook.
0: It's always funny, yeah, because if you see the Apple sticker, you can it. Oh, think, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. see mm-hmm. that. But people, yeah, they, it tells you how people are tied to their brand. Uh, I mean, we have seen a couple, maybe three or four wins on Ryzen um, APUs. Are we going to – what does it take to break into laptops? Because that is – a big market for everyone. I mean, you know, yeah. a lot of people are buying laptops over buying desktops. I still love desktops; endorse them completely. But you know, getting into laptops is a is a big deal. How hard? What's it going to take for AMD to break into that?
1: Uh, you'll see it this year. You'll see a whole bunch of new systems rolling out this year. Actually, by the end of 2017, remember we just launched Ryzen Mobile at the end of 2017. We saw a few initial systems in market before end of 17. Uh, a lot of new systems have already launched uh, through uh, Q1. And if you look at in totality this year in 2018, uh, we expect about 60-plus new Ryzen systems uh, to hit the market across both desktop and notebook. But of those 60, most of those, uh, I think about two-thirds are notebook systems. Wow! So there's going to be a lot of notebook systems coming out. Now, they're rolling out kind of over the course of the first half of this year and into the second half. But I think as we get all of those new systems rolled out, both the consumer-based systems and the commercial-based systems, uh, you'll see the widest selection of you know really premium, nice, thin and light systems based on AMD processors that you've ever seen in the company's history. Hmm. So you'll you'll see some really nice, and actually there's already some really nice systems in the market. It
0: just takes it
1: basically. It just takes a little bit longer in terms of notebook test systems. It just takes a little bit longer to get those rolled out to right, the market because
0: there's definitely a lot more engineering that yeah, goes into a whole, and that's that's been the main holdup, I guess. Up to yeah, now.
1: it's just the normal process of each notebook is a little bit different design. It's a little bit of uh, you know special work to get each one to market, and so it's just the normal course of rolling out the product.
0: Hmm. Uh, I'd actually like to ask about. I mean, obviously, we're not talking about any, any announced product because remember, SEC is listening to us. We're in a quiet period, but uh, Threadripper. Threadripper was a product. Oh, I, love I just about love Threadripper. Threadripper, right? Yeah, and that's for my me, favorite product. That's yeah, it was everyone's it is. favorite. That's, product.
1: that's that's my favorite one.
0: I'm sure it didn't. You know, it's never been a huge volume product, but it's really a high profile product. But I do wonder have have we sort of pushed the limit of the practical necessity necessity of core count because you guys went all the way to 11 with that, right? It's like 16 <laughs> yeah. cores. Yeah.
1: We, we turned the volume up to 11, yeah.
0: Where do you go from there? I mean, can no, we I, really I, see a 24, or can we go to, I mean, how many more?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think if the general question is, um, you know, is there more headroom and growth in, in multi-threaded, multi-core? Absolutely, right? Okay. I mean, you, I mean, Gordon, you're sounding like somebody from the 80s saying, hey, we don't need any more memory in this system, right? <laughs> so, I mean, no, I mean, so the great, here's the great thing about software developers, right, is they, you know, they fill all the space that you give them, right? Whether it's memory, storage, uh, processing power, they will take advantage eventually of all the, the, the processing. processing. Processing power you give them, and so the more we believe, the more processing power we give to the software developers, they'll take advantage of that. They'll thread their applications, and we'll see, you know, that continuing growth in the experience and the better, better experience that we'll see from our PC systems.
0: Okay, so from your point of view, are you guys kind of seeing that? Because I've always felt there was this terrible chicken and an egg with software developers and hardware. You know, hardware companies, specifically Intel, would say, you need to thread for, you know, eight cores. And the developers are like, do you sell an eight core for less than $1,000? And Intel's like, no, right? Now we're where you can get an eight core CPU down to, you know, $200? 200 Yeah, less than,
1: yeah, less than 300 bucks. Are yeah. they
0: are they finally starting to move now? Are you kind of hearing that from developers? Like, yeah, this is awesome. We're yeah,
1: gonna... absolutely. We're working with a number of different software developers, and they are rewriting their uh, their code to be more multi-threaded, and I think we'll continue to see that. And, you know, in gaming, you know, things like DirectX 12, right, it's naturally more multi-threaded, so I think we'll continue to see games take more advantage of the additional threads. So, uh, yeah, I I don't see any reason we won't see more more multi threaded compute moving forward.
0: Okay. And then speaking of gaming, you know, it was always that there was always that controversy like you know, yeah. Coffee Lake and KB Lake had a high had a higher clock, they had higher IPC. Uh, a lot of things sort of added up to make Ryzen Ryzen one, or first gen Ryzen seem definitely slower at low resolution. Yeah. At higher res it didn't matter, four K, you know, sixteen hundred P was all the same. But uh are are we gonna see better performance between That gap closed, 8700K and the second gen Ryzen?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think if you compare the second generation to you mentioned the 8700K, which is kind of flagship to flagship, 2700X to 8700K, uh, you'll see gaming performance. If you look at the gaming experience, you're going to get the very similar gaming experience. Look, the 8700K and the 2700X are both great processors for gaming, right? So whether you're doing you know 4K or 1440P or whatever resolution, you're going to see a really nice experience from both processors. But where the Ryzen Ryzen Gen two processor is really going to stick out. Is it's going to have a lot more multi-threaded performance, right? And so if you're doing any sort of applications that are more like you know creative applications, if you're you're editing videos, or you're doing uh, photo editing, or or audio mixing. You're going to see much better performance, sometimes twenty percent or more better performance than the eighty-seven hundred K, right? Well, I'm Plus, excited by that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Plus, you get the free cooler. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, so I think it's a clear, you know, it's a it's a clear advantage of the twenty-seven hundred X. Solid gaming performance, you know, on par with eighty-seven hundred K, and then a clear win in anything multi-threaded.
0: Right. And at least I can at least say this because I have at least. Tested some of the the performance in twenty seven hundred. It is definitely a beat down. Twenty seven hundred twenty seven hundred X is a definite beat down in eighty seven hundred K. Which no surprise because eighteen yeah. hundred X, seventeen hundred X was was a beat down on on them as well. So yeah, yeah, with more That's- cores. So.
1: But I also think um, beyond the particular product generation, look, um, Zen was a a new microarchitecture, a brand-new architecture that was brought to market a year ago, right? And, you know, like any other architecture, it takes a little bit of time for the software to adapt to the new architecture, right? And we've seen just over the last 12-whatever-plus months that Zen has been in the market, we've seen an incredible amount of software optimization already towards the Zen architecture that will continue with second-generation. And so you're seeing even on the, the first generation, the performance that you're experiencing on first generation uh, now versus a year ago is already improved just because there's been software optimizations that have already been done. And a lot of it's in gaming, not necessarily. Yeah, in content yeah, creation. Uh, certainly more gaming. But even in content creation, there's been some improvements as well. So and then the generation two obviously just inherits all those improvements. Sure.
0: So it's the same similar, you know, microarchitecture, yep. Right. Yep. So uh, I don't want to steal all the uh, questions here, Brad. Mm-hmm. Adam any anything
3: no, you're doing a good job, man uh, I was gonna ask about gaming, but you cut ahead of me. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Sorry.
0: I, I'm trying to I'm trying to optimize our time here Because we're, we're we're coming up in the end uh, I'm trying to think of things I can ask that don't set off the SEC lawyers sitting in front of us Um so you, and again, I, I do want to ask about this. You've worked at Intel. You've worked at AMD. <laughs> yeah. Not to talk about your previous employer. I mean, people always try to trick me to talk about my previous employer too. But <laughs> is there a cultural difference? Is there what what you know? Definitely, you know, nine hundred pound gorilla, big super tanker ship at Intel. Are you guys actually able to play that sort of gorilla, kind of able to maneuver the ship? There, Is that working yeah, out?
1: there's definitely a cultural difference and a difference in speed. There's no doubt about that. But, yeah, I spent about nine years at Intel. Look, it was a good experience. I I, I don't regret that experience at Intel. I I was a, a processor architect there and then a roadmap product planner as well. And that was fantastic learning experience for me. I still have a lot of friends at Intel. So, yeah, you know, ter- tremendous respect for our competitor, sure, sure. right? But um yeah AMD the culture is like we move very fast we make decisions quickly uh one of the reasons I joined AMD was because it's a very Customer-centric culture, right? The the what the customer wants and how can we do better for the customer is always at the top of everybody's mind. And uh, and then I, you know, one of the other reasons I joined AMD, and it was about three years ago that I joined, was I knew that the company was dedicated to really driving uh, a new roadmap of innovation in both CPUs and graphics as well, right? And so you see over the last year or so, us bringing out just oh, a, a number of new products, not just Ryzen, but Epic for servers, our Epic processors for servers. Vega for graphics, and so the whole company really rebuilding its entire technology and product roadmap, and so that was pretty exciting. That was one of the other reasons I joined. Is that, I mean, you know, and I got to say, AMD is this company that you know things were going great in
0: the FX days. It felt like you know the the stool got kicked out from under it and was wandering the wilderness. To be fair, it was wandering the wilderness for a while, and then there was like, hey, we're going to do ARM, and then suddenly it was like. Uh, AMD said you know what let's we got to get back in high performance computing and like you guys like turn that switch guys and gals turn that switch and bam like, well, I,
1: yeah, I don't think it was. It wasn't I know. exactly from, from a turn from the switch. It did take, yeah, from the outside, but it did take a, a lot For of years. For the Hollywood script version. <laughs> it did take a lot of years to rebuild that product roadmap. But yeah, I think AMD kind of lost its way, but it's found its way again, right? But, I mean, Actually, when I was about. at Intel um, back in uh, like early 2000s, was some of uh, AMD's strongest competitive days. That's when AMD was introducing first 64 bit uh, x86, first dual core, etc. And so I was competing with amd from the other side and seeing you know how amd could really drive innovation in the market right now back on the other side to make sure we have a strong amd in the market it's good look it's good for uh the whole industry to have a competitive strong innovative amd but it's also you know, at the end of the day it's the best is it's very very good for the customers oh right isn't it it's so, been i mean the, the customers ever. benefit right yeah. so
0: especially when i look at like cp i mean to be able to get an 8 core or 6 core CPU for under $200. Yeah. Unheard of. Unheard or of. A 16
1: today. or a 16 core for under 1000, right? That that was unheard of a year ago. Right. So that's been great
0: you know, I I wish we could see that. I mean, a year over... ago, a
1: ten-core processor cost
3: yeah, seventeen hundred dollars. Yeah, No, that's a great point. No,
1: right? it was think one
0: thousand seven hundred and twenty-three dollars. Yeah, <laughs> now you've got
1: sixteen core for under a thousand. That's an amazing amount of change over yeah. one year.
0: And it's so. actually, I I do agree. It's it's been great for the customers. I I personally think it's good for Intel too because they sort of need to be challenged and. I kind of wish, you know, I, we're not going to get into the GPU thing because that's a different sort of segment, but, you know, yeah, we need to sort of see a rise in of, of GPUs, too, right? But. Yeah,
1: I think competition, look, competition is always good, right? Sure. So, and uh, we're driving an aggressive roadmap on the graphics side as well, right? So, Navi is our next big architecture we'll bring out, right? We're making good progress on that, so... Hmm. Yep. I was going to ask Brad I,
0: again. I want to break the lip Brad ask question because I because I have a trick question I want to ask you. Uh
2: oh. Ask a trick Uh-oh. Right, my the trick question. Ask trick question. All right. Here's my trick question. What's the...
0: here's my trick question? So I am a, so a threadripper firmly... two.
2: Thread two trick question. Well, we or...
0: can't we can't ask that because we know oh, that would idea. that I'd would get,
2: affect, I'd get kicked out. That would affect Mars. Well, like, we know it's called a second gen Threadripper. I mean, come on, let's be right?
0: So here's my thing. I'm a PC person. I'm a PC gamer. I mean, I. I mean, I like to to make fun of console gamers just in good good nature. (laughs) What's better? Jim Anderson, AMD, which, by the way, makes, you know, CPUs, GPUs, and they also happen to make a lot of custom parts for consoles. Console gaming or PC
1: gaming? Which is better? You know how Uh-oh. I'm going to answer that question. Right? Uh-oh. So Uh-oh. no, that's I'll, like I'll when tell your you kid my, asks uh, you. I will tell you my honest. Do you love
0: me more than so and so?
1: I will tell you my honest answer from a personal perspective. Is I, I, honestly, I, I do both. So I've got a son that's 11 years old. Uh, the weekends we game together. He's not allowed to game Monday through Friday because it's school, right? But uh, Saturday, Sunday we game together, and we have both console and PC. Right, we do both gaming. So I think I think they're you know it's a different experience and there's different advantages and disadvantages of both. But I think both are great.
0: Yes, Marianne and Glenn, I love you both equally. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, <laughs> one of you did break this, but I love you both equally. That's good. <laughs> We'll see when they're teenagers so that's always tough right there you that's, go that, that it gets harder yeah. then. <laughs> well Okay, he answered that in a, in a in a nice nice way to both to all
2: segments to <laughs> the, correct way. That's the, the correct way For your uh, four years. Uh, I agree with I, him. I, I got a quick question. Why still uh, include a sticker in the CPU box? Oh, that's easy, right? I mean, I, I think people would kill us
1: if we got rid of this sticker. You sc- think so? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, when we built uh, our Ryzen 7 system uh, last year, right, What my son couldn't wait because we built it together, right? My son couldn't wait to take the sticker and put it on the outside, mm-hmm. right? No, people are crazy about these stickers. So.
0: Wow. You know, that's yeah. the one thing they don't include in cases anymore. Do you remember the old days? It would actually have the spot to put the yeah, sticker yeah, on. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would actually have it. <laughs> Yeah, cut out of the case, but no, you don't get yeah. that anymore. Oh, you got to have the sticker. So you got it. Yeah.
1: In fact, you wouldn't believe how much time we put into designing the sticker cuz it's got this special bezel bezel thing uh-huh. and anyway, there's there there's some extra um, extra time and engineering that actually went into the sticker.
0: No, I, It's I, a very cool sticker. I can see it. I mean, and it's a, yeah, it's a very cool, it's kind of shiny metallic.
1: I love how we talked about the cooler, the sticker, and hardly at all <laughs> about the <laughs> process. I,
0: <laughs> I, it's modern marketing. I mean, the, the way the PC market, desktop, and especially a lot of gaming, it is a lot about the peripheral stuff, too, right? Yes. Yeah, it's, it a, it's a cooler the, box, too. It, it's, it, you it know, is. It is. Yep. It is a, it's a different I, game than it when a, it was for us from a long time. We were looking at some really old games on floppy Right. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it is it really has changed hasn't it, it, it is. gaming a lot?
2: has uh, I Mean same thing with the thread Ripper box. I mean that whole experience, you know of uh, yeah. opening it up and you know un- Unlocking the power and stuff like that. It's definitely yeah, so a conscious
1: thing. yeah, Threadripper for us is kind of our playground, right? That's the product where we we kind of have fun with it, right? Uh, fun with the box design, uh, pushing the threads to the absolute limit. Um, that's our that's our product that we've we've had a really good time with. Yeah.
0: Oh, you know, actually, I'd like to, I'd like to ask you a little bit. I mean, we're we're coming right down to the end here uh, about process and fabs, and you know, you know, there is. Are we, clearly you guys have said you think the reason why Intel's not going to be able to run away on process anymore is because we're hitting a limit. We're getting to the practical limits of Moore's Law. Do you think we are, are we truly at the end of Moore's Law or are we going to keep going? I know this is more of a, you know, fab question, but...
1: No, I, so I don't, I don't believe that. I mean, there are people that say Moore's Law is dead. I, I don't personally think that. I think of Moore's Law more in a general sense, right, that it's about um, computing performance improvement over time. And I absolutely think that's going to continue and continue to grow at the pace that we've seen. But it, it may be that it's less about the transistor and more about other things that we do to continue to drive performance, right? So the, the think about it as the mix of where the improvements are coming from May shift away from the transistor towards other things, right? Towards more microarchitecture improvements, architecture system level improvements, uh, you know, to things like taking two die and integrating them into a single package, right? So I think Moore's law will hold up in a more general sense, and we'll just see it shift, you know, towards uh, you know a richer a richer number of elements that uh, that let us achieve those performance levels. Actually, I think um, the Epic uh, processor and the Threadripper Ryzen 2 is are, are all really good examples of that right so if you look at our epic server processor or threadripper multiple die integrated within a package infinity fabric connecting it all i think those are great examples of how we continue to push the envelope on performance but use a little bit different methods than just pure transistor technology
0: okay so i mean yeah. but i mean the, the simple message to consumers is a pc in 10 years which there will still be as much oh, as any analyst yeah. say It'll definitely be faster than the PC soldier. Oh today, yeah, right? without a doubt. So, yeah. so I mean, doubt. that's pretty much the evidence that. more. I would not bet particular. against that. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brad. So, is there talking about put, putting together multiple uh, dies into a single package? Is there any reason that couldn't be applied
1: to graphics technology as well? No, no reason, right? We could do that for graphics as well, or the combination of graphics and CPU in a single package. There's, there's no reason you couldn't do that.
0: Is it, okay. is it um, feasible from a thermal issue though? Because I, you know, it's always this. Every time we talk about Threadripper, everybody, everybody says, you know, because Ryzen APU came out, which was a fantastic yeah. part for the money. When are we going to see a
1: Threadripper APU? Is what, right. what everybody ask. <laughs> people, remember, asking. remember yeah. there's people SEC ask. is listening. The Look, what I would point out is on the Ryzen APU that combines the Zen and the Vega onto the same SOC. Actually, one of the neat things that it does is it it optimizes the uh, the power usage. So if the CPU is running is uh, loaded, you know, or being taxed less, it actually shifts power usage towards graphics, right? And as if graphics isn't used, and it shifts it back to the CPU. So you can actually juggle the energy usage between the graphics and the and the CPU engine, right? So and you can do that at a on a single soc but you could do that across chip as well if you wanted to
0: yeah, we haven't really seen the practical limits of infin- infinity fabric yet, oh, right? just, yeah oh definitely yes okay yeah Wow, just think of what else you can build out of it. So maybe Should even be, a gigantic, a bigger yeah. socket than Threadripper eventually. Right? <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, will <laughs> We'll difficult. see how
1: we'll see how big we could make it. <laughs>
0: there was an internet meme that somebody had a picture of a th- I, I, think I it saw that. thing. I, I, I like...
1: actually I thought that was great. I thought that was great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not that you made it, but it was. I thought it was pretty funny because Threadripper is a huge ship for anybody who hasn't physically touched it. It is. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I I did. So, what's the last thing? So, uh, we can't really talk too much about security stuff. I, I we don't want to throw any shade at anybody in particular, but um, I, I do want to ask, yeah. sort of, uh, for security. We're just talking in theory now. We're not talking about any one specific company that would be trying to throw dirt on AMD or anything. <laughs> but the philosophy for security today is. You know, let companies have, you know, at least 90 days to talk to them beforehand if you find a flaw to try to fix it so consumers aren't at risk. Um, And there are some newer philosophies that we've seen where you say, no, we're going to tell, we just told you, we're going to tell you at the same time we tell the Internet. Hmm. Um, Is this, I kind of wonder as, you know, going back to my old reporter days, is this kind of similar to what you might see when somebody says, uh, you just found out there's a serial killer operating in the city And I need to let the public know this is a serious risk so you can watch out for yourself and lock your doors versus, okay, the police say, hey, look, we're right about to get this person. Um, If you can just sit on this for 90 days, we're going to catch this killer. Just philosophy, we're just talking about not any specific cases or anything.
1: Yeah, I don't know about the security or the uh, serial killer analogy. I don't know about <laughs> that, but, uh, but talking about security, right, what I would say is, look, I, I think as an industry, we always have to ask ourselves, we start with the the question of what is best for the customer, right? What is best for the consumer, right? Because ultimately, we want to protect the customer. We want to protect the consumer. And I I just think that if you ask yourself that question, then the clear answer is, yeah, a ninety day or whatever the right time frame is, right? Sure. Some sort of pre-notification to the software vendor or the hardware vendor of the issue, so that they have a chance to to correct that, so that nobody can exploit that. That's uh, to me, that just seems like common sense, right? Sure. Again, to try to protect the end user.
0: And I will say, my ninety day thing is, it's no. The police would never say wait three months. It's, and I will say <laughs> literally because I've been asked that, and it would be wait two days kind of thing. And yeah, it is. It is always that kind of moral dilemma, but. Yeah, yeah, I, I see that makes sense, right? Because you want to have, you want to get the person you want to be able to solve the flaw before it, it ever gets out.
1: Absolutely, there.
0: okay. Yep. Hmm. Okay, we're down to like just a few more minutes. Brad, Adam, I've been asked. I've been just this, Jim there's no so much. <laughs> so many questions. Great you can talk about. I
3: have a question. Go ahead. Speaking of solving flaws, um, AMD recently pushed out uh, Windows 10 and CPU firmware updates to protect against inspector variant two. Yeah. Um, They said it goes all the way back to the bulldozer days Mm -hmm. Do you have any indication from your hardware partners how far back these BIOS updates will be provided for because I know on the Intel side At least they only go back to about the Skylake era at this point, so just a few years
1: yeah, it'll depend on the hardware partner, but uh, we've provided support for um, microcode or, or BIOS updates all the way back to bulldozer. So we've provided that, or, or plan to provide that to all of our uh, all of our partners, ODMs or OEMs, and then um, they'll roll that out over time, right? So it'll kind of depend on the particular OEM or ODM and what their time frame for rolling that out is. But we've we provided our microcode updates, and then yeah, Windows uh, Microsoft uh provided their update and the two actually work in conjunction conjunction the two uh the bios update and the uh the os patch work together
3: cool yep okay so it's in their hands
1: yeah
3: Yep. okay oh boy okay
0: i must have another question left uh adam no i'm no i'm good i'm good i feel like uh i because i could ask questions all day you know i'm trying to okay three minutes so Uh, One thing that is a is both I I can I guess can be seen as a positive and negative is you guys have essentially stuck to the same physical uh, Am2 socket since the beginning right? I mean am4 is pretty much a variant of am am2 Is there a reason why you guys have not really changed because I'm just saying this cooler will literally fit Probably in an am2 motherboard from 10 years ago. It, It was that intentional just is there an
1: advantage i mean no i don't think that uh no i I don't think we were intentionally trying to to do that i think it was about just designing where our primary focus was to design am4 to be to have headroom for the future right so we've said look we're gonna um support am4 through at least 2020 right Right. and so we wanted am4 to be able to scale forward in time but also up and down the portfolio as well because in addition to the ryzen and, you know seven, five, and three that fit into the uh, AM4 platform. We also have some of our A-series processors that uh, that fit into AM4, and so we want to be able to we want to be able to allow customers to use that whole infrastructure up and down our product stack, but also out in time as well. So if you make an investment in AM4, look, you're going to have generation after generation of processors to to upgrade in. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So that was really our primary consideration was to make AM4 scalable up and down the stack and over time and reuse your old hardware. And, re- and yeah, absolutely reuse. That actually is the,
0: the last question I will ask is it I think okay. we're totally out of time and we get this all the time Are we gonna see Ryzen 7 with graphics? So Ryzen 7 APU? Does mm. it make sense? Because no, we're not talking any specifics. Does it make sense to even do that?
1: Well, what I would say is, look, I wouldn't preclude any particular, you know, product combination. But what I would say is, if we look at who is the customer that buys a Ryzen seven, usually the person buying a Ryzen seven uh, in a desktop format is going to is going to use a, a graphics card right. with it, right? So um, now there are some commercial customers that uh, that might not care what the graphics are that are more focused on just the CPU performance and just good enough graphics. But most of the users that are in desktop that are going to buy a Ryzen 7 are going to plug in a graphics right. card. So why so, waste the, yeah. the, the the silicon? Yeah.
0: So, yeah, which is what I've been saying. See, I was right, <laughs> Internet, I say that all the time. He just told you what I said I was right.
2: <laughs> is that what you I said, was, too? I didn't. Yeah.
0: No, no, I, I mean, you know, I, I think people just kind of want to
2: see... We get that question a lot. Yep.
0: It is really worth though. I mean... So but we look,
1: do have, uh, look, now in the AM4 platform, we've got the Ryzen 5 2400G, right? For its quad core Zen plus 11 sure. Vega cores, that's actually that's a decent amount of graphics performance with a quad yeah. uh, CPU, right? right? So, yeah, and, and it makes sense down to that price point because yeah.
0: they may yeah. not have the money for a discrete
1: part. If
0: you're going to go out and buy a 2700X, you're gonna you're, you're gonna probably pair gonna a,
1: pair it with a discrete graphics card,
0: right? Definitely. Yeah. So I, yep. I just it's hard to see spending too much engineering on that because it's just not going to be used. Yeah. So yep. But then at the same time. Most people that we thought would buy 1700X, 1800X would go out and buy an aftermarket (laughs) cooler, and now we have a cooler in the box, so... (laughs) As Jim said, you don't want to preclude any products. Look,
1: we'll respond to all customer. We take all customer feedback <laughs> <Yes>. very seriously. <laughs> all right.
0: Okay. I, we have a hard stop now because Jim has to go talk with real people that have real questions <laughs> with real money. So I'm going to I'm gonna take us out. Uh, if I can find the end here. Uh, yeah, I'm really rough. You it know the end early in the morning. Yes. Check back next week for your Fix of PC talk on The Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Send questions and comments to the full nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. Adios. Our very special guest, Jim Anderson of AMD. Thanks, Gordon. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brad. And Adam
2: will take us out. Thank you, Jim, for being Thanks, on. Adam. And uh, everyone, go out and build a PC.